84% of newly built single-family homes sold in 2022 belong to what's called a homeowners association, which are organizations that oversee properties in a community. Certain local governments require almost all new construction to have an HOA. They're rooted in the desire for municipalities to offload their responsibilities for taking care of things that you would normally associate with paying your taxes. Homeowners associations provide value to owners. But there's been a backlash to HOAs because of some homeowners' negative experiences. When I first bought this house, I was very excited. Seemed like it was a very nice, cozy, close-knit community. Then it started turning into a horror story. I'm a huge believer that, you know, you do sign away your civil rights when you're signing into an HOA or a condo association. It's a matter of personal preference. Some people like anchovies on their pizza and some don't. Some people really like living in, in homeowners associations. Others don't like it. So why are HOAs so powerful? And do they make homes more valuable? Homeowners associations are run by a board of directors that's made up of volunteers who own property in the community. The HOA typically handles communal responsibilities, which can vary from managing amenities such as swimming pools to making sure property owners follow home maintenance rules. The board may hire a management company, which tend to be for-profit, to help run the day-to-day -day operations. Homeowners in the community pay into a fund for the HOA to have an operating budget. In the U.S., the typical home in an HOA pays between $200 and $300 per month and fees. HOAs have the authority to hand out fines to residents in the community that the association feels is not following the rules. Those fines may also accrue interest in some cases. The Innistrosa's annual dues for their HOA in Noonan, Georgia is $200 per year, which is lower than the national average. So on paper, their HOA membership doesn't seem like that much of a financial burden, but that's not been their reality. When we moved in in 2008, we found out that there was a balance that was attached to the home because it had been sitting in the community and they were fining us for that balance and late fees and any other type of fines that they would put onto the home for uh, lawn care or anything. All of that was attached to this home when we moved in. From 2008, 2014, we tried to get in contact with the HOA and we never had a reply from them. And we just kept trying and no answer. By August 2015, the HOA put a lien on the Innistrosa's home. In the court documents, the HOA said the Anastrosas owed more than $1,600. A lien is when a party has a legal claim to an asset, such as a home, which can serve as collateral to satisfy unpaid debt. This can open the door to the HOA escalating to the next level of debt collection, such as foreclosing on the home or, in the Anastrosas case, garnishing wages. In mid-2015, they started garnishing my wages. The first time I learned of that was when I got my first paycheck that they garnished. I didn't get any prior notice. I got a notice two weeks after. Even though the HOA was collecting from Jewel's paycheck, invoices filed with the court showed they were adding fines rather than deducting from the overall balance. By December 2016, the HOA said the Innistrosas owed more than $4,300. In 2016, I decided to uh, go into debtor's court. My attorney and the HOA's attorney came to an agreement that I would pay $3,200. We uh, paid in installments, and we finally paid that off in January of this year. But it seemed like never got to the management or a homeowner situation. Just adding fines and adding interest. That's all they was doing. So they were still saying that I owed almost $8,000, 
while my attorney and their attorney agreed on 3000 something. The Innistrosas estimate that they've paid about $12,000 in fines and garnished wages to the HOA, along with thousands of dollars in legal fees to their own attorneys. The latest invoice they received on August 18th, 2023, says they still hold a balance. Even after paying $12,000, they're still saying that we owe them $8,000. After the past, what, 23? After the past 10 years. <laughs> 10, yeah, about 10 years, yeah. CNBC reached out to Homeowners Management LLC for comment and received automated responses directing us to contact the current management company as of August 2023. A representative from the current management company, Century Management, told CNBC, because it just became the management company for this community in the last couple of months, Century has little ability to comment on historical facts regarding the Innistrosa's case. The former director of the HOA board, who oversaw the association from 2020 until her resignation in October 2023, declined CNBC's request for comment. The attorneys representing the HOA board did not respond to CNBC's repeated requests for comment. Jessica Navas and Matt Bazone, who are also homeowners in the subdivision, began investigating their HOA. I started to have this feeling that there was something odd about the HOA during the pandemic. They discovered a history of at least 25 foreclosures in the community over the past 15 years. Just one house can have a record between two to three foreclosures within that time frame. If Jessica hadn't just mm -hmm. took the initiative to go to everyone mm -hmm. in the community that she knew were homeowners, we never would have known any of this because all we did was basically go to work, come home, raise our children, that's it. And we never knew that anybody else was going through this because for the longest I felt like, is it just me? I feel like HO could be a positive thing when the community work together, keeping our houses looking good and good for property value. A big part of an HOA sales pitch is that the presence of the organization can help increase property values. The board is responsible for protecting property values. For most people in the United States, the single biggest investment they're ever going to make. There's mixed evidence about whether this is true. A 2019 study found that on average, HOA homes cost at least 4% more than non-HOA homes. That comes out to an extra $13,500. But those property values can vary significantly by location. A different 2019 analysis of three U.S. cities found that the home values in HOA areas were less than those in neighborhoods without them. The Innistrosa's property value has increased between the time they bought it in 2008 following the housing crash to 2023. I don't think that HOA has anything to do with our property value going up. I feel with the HOA, the management company don't increase the property value. They're just there as a ploy. It's the community that increase the value of the property. HOAs can also be necessary in order to manage shared amenities or land, which can be a value add for homeowners. There are associations out there that handle all the landscaping. Even though you may own your lot, the association cuts the grass and they do all the landscaping. So is that a cost saving? Sure. Management companies can help a community function smoothly, especially when a board of volunteers needs assistance. One large company will, will manage 20 or 30 or 40 um, HOAs in a, a region. And they tend to have it down to a science. They know how to deal with trash pickup. They know how to deal with yard maintenance. They know how to deal with complaints. They have their fines and their enforcement down to a science. Relying too much on a property management company is going to cause problems and, and relying too much on the homeowners to run their own association is also going to cause problems. The management company and the manager are simply a contractor to carry out the board's direction. They may handle all of that routine activity on behalf of the board, but those folks who live in the community 
and volunteer remain the decision-making authority. The board in that situation is still responsible. They are still the fiduciary. They are legally and financially responsible for the, for the decision-making in that community. I think that there are times and places for HOAs, and I think that they could be positive. But the abuse negates that benefit. A lot of people have trouble thinking of community associations as a business, even though statutorily, in many cases, they, they are. You have to think about it like running a business. At the same time, you have to think about it from the perspective of a group of investors who all have this shared goal of making sure their investment's safe. And nobody's quite sure how to do that. And when you bring in an outside advisor to help run your organization, those people's goals are not the same as the goals of the people who made the initial investment. Professional involvement in HOAs is increasing, with the for-profit homeowner association industry growing to $38 billion. Jessica and Matt have been fighting for more transparency about where their HOA fines are going. We had four months of pulling teeth. We wanted a general ledger, but they gave us a balance sheet and a budget. We contracted a forensic auditor, CPA. It is very concerning to see that the amount of income that they are receiving is coming from these particular aspects, fine citations, collection, legal fees. And her recommendation was remove the board, freeze the account, get access into the bank account. The numbers don't align with each other. In most cases, um, association management companies charge a flat fee for their management services for the association each month. They're not getting a, a share of the proceeds. That's not how they're compensated. If we didn't have a management company, we wouldn't have to be dealing with these different problems that we're having. Basically, they're just milking the community. The Innistrosa's experience with their HOA highlights some patterns seen across the country when it comes to how much power HOAs have. 57% of homeowners polled disliked living in an HOA, with more than 3 in 10 homeowners saying they feel like the HOA has too much power. People need to understand how much power a board of directors has. Governments are giving the power of the municipality to these communities. They act as hyper-local governments and in many ways supersede all the other laws that exist when you sign into a covenant that runs with the land. Covenants is shorthand for Covenants, Conditions, and Restrictions, or CCNRs. These are documents that outline the HOA board and homeowners' rights and obligations. A homeowners' association usually enacts the CCNRs, as well as the bylaws that outline procedural matters, when it's incorporated by the subdivision developer. The board, in the beginning, is controlled by the developer. So it starts out as a board of people that are paid on behalf of the developer to operate that community. And it transitions 100% of the time, in some cases it takes years, in other cases it might only take one or two years, to a set of volunteers. Homeowners who have disputes with their HOA say they have trouble getting help from official government channels. I have personally contacted the city officials. None of them want to get involved in the HOA. There are only seven states that have an office of HOA ombudsman. Colorado, Delaware, South Carolina, Florida, Illinois, Nevada, and Virginia. However, the ombudsman office is usually not very well funded, and they have limited jurisdiction over the types of complaints they can take. And in some cases, that's all the ombudsman office can do is take your complaint. They can't even take 
an active role in investigating or resolving the complaint. As far as the regulation goes, I think a lot of that regulation is predetermined. So in other words, there's already laws that are set up in place. And so uh, inherently, they're already being regulated that way. Um, and of course, you've got the court systems for checks and balances in case you have a disagreement within your, your homeowners association. I think that education is really key um, to these communities. I mean, they need to know that there's nobody that's going to help them, that in a lot of cases, civil court is the only answer. So you can't even take these, some of these communities to small claims court. There's really a very limited number of scenarios where a court can say that something that's binding in your covenants is not valid. Lawmakers in several states, such as Texas, North Carolina, and Florida, have introduced policies to address some of the issues homeowners have been raising. But it's been met with backlash from the professional management industry. There's always going to be a wide variety of perspectives and concerns. So no solution no bill, no piece of advocacy is ever going to garner 100% support from everyone. We try to find the best middle ground that makes sure the association runs effectively and, and people's investments are protected. As of right now, change has to happen at the grassroots level, with homeowners fighting through the court system as well as through voting for a board they feel represents them. Matt was elected president of the board in October 2023. So these are your new officers. Thank you very much. I did the oath when I became a naturalized U.S. citizen. It was my duty. And regardless of my economical condition, I have to fight for them. I would feel bad, you know, selling this home to someone else, especially if they don't know what's been going on in the yeah. neighborhood. And I feel like I would probably just be like, hey, look, I don't think you want to move in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You may want to think about it.